Welcome to the Cross-Border Interviews, the show where we sit down with local elected leaders from all corners of Canada. Now, over the course of this episode, we'll be learning about who our guest is, what drives them, and how they're working to make their community a better place for everyone. Today, we are honored to be sitting down with Sault Ste. Marie Councillor Angela Caputo. But before we dive into that interview, a brief moment to remind everyone of our newest show, municipal affairs where we dive into the biggest news stories municipally from across canada with interviews with local leaders and discussions that are on everyone's mind search municipal affairs with chris brown on spotify or visit the cross-border interviews youtube channel and watch the latest show now now on to the interview Angela, greatly appreciate it for doing this. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down with me and talk about yourself and your desire to serve your community. So I want to start with the basic question. It's a question I've asked every single municipal councillor who's ever come on the show, so you're no exception. Where did your sense of duty to serve your community come from, Angela? Well, first, I'd like to say thank you for uh, even wanting me to talk about myself. It's always fun for me to do that. So um, happy to be here to do that uh, with you. Um, and so, yeah, my sense of duty to the municipality, um, I love Sault Ste. Marie. I have always um, have always loved the Sioux. And uh, my election materials actually said like unofficial Sault Ste. Marie hype woman. That's sort of who I am. And uh, so my love for the Sioux for sure, but also uh, years and years went by where, you know, I always heard that council was an old boys club here in Sault Ste. Marie. And, and I think it's, that's not unique to Sault Ste. Marie. I think it was the time, but uh, you know, hearing that and feeling underrepresented, um, I just always kind of felt like, oh, nothing's going to change. Uh, the, you know, these the issues that might be important to me might not be important to everybody. So um, I, I thought this is how we make change. You know, we go for it, we go out, we get elected, um, we do the work. So I wanted to be able to represent women first and foremost. Uh, people that are of a younger demographic. I am I am not young, but I'm younger. Um, I am actually only the second uh, counselor in Sault Ste. Marie history, sorry, second female counselor in Sault Ste. Marie history to be elected uh, under the age of 40. So yeah, it's a big deal. I know. That's huge. Yeah, so it, it is really big. Um, and I, so I wanted to be able to represent that demographic. I'm also a new mom. Uh, my daughter's a year and a half, so not that new, but I'm, I'm pretty new. Um, and a lot of times I was finding things were being passed where there was no consideration for a woman with a stroller or a, a man with a stroller, a parent with a stroller, uh, taking into consideration that little kids deserve space in our world as well. Um, so I'm really proud to be able to bring forward um, that perspective. And I am an ally to, uh, you know, the Black, Indigenous, people of color, though I cannot represent or speak for them. Uh, I do try and gain their perspectives and bring those to the table. Um, same with the LGBTQ2S plus community. Um, Basically, I want anyone who feels underrepresentation, underrepresented to be able to look to me and say, I know she's got my back. I can go to her. And so that has always been um, my sort of 
why to get into municipal politics. So as the unofficial hype person for the Sioux, as yes. in your in your words, why <laughs> municipal? Why did you choose municipal? Because in 2022, it's the first election that I can find that you actually put your name forward to run in the municipal election. Yeah. You could have chosen provincial, you could have chosen federal, you could have chosen school board, or you could have cho chosen a different line to give back to your community. But you decided in 2022, I'm going to take who I am, a business owner, a relatively new mom, and become a counselor as well. What was that decision based on? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I think we should really clarify that becoming a counselor municipally, uh, you become a really public figure. You are the, the closest level of government that people have. And I think that there is a, a disconnect in education of who represents what. So the municipal level seems to really uh, take the hardest beating. Um, I get a lot of emails that really shouldn't be sent my way, uh, things that maybe are federal or provincial. Um, so I think there is a learning curve. I think that um, I would like to help with that because I was not raised in a political family. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know my political values until I was probably 30 years old. I actually, a little fact that, I don't know that a lot of folks would share about themselves, but I like to share it. Uh, I'm not I'm not embarrassed by it. I wish it wasn't the case, but I actually didn't vote ever until I was in my 30s. Wow. I had never voted. I just like never at any level of any election yeah. you had never voted. in. No. And, wow. and at 30 years old, I became a business owner. Um, I, I had been a business owner a little bit earlier, but the breakfast pig is my business. I currently have. And, um, you know, I started feeling like, how do I make these changes? And I'm like, oh my God, I've been wasting my votes this whole time. Um, and I started getting really involved. Uh, I, I put together, you know, a panel to, uh, for a debate for our municipal government uh, two terms ago, like when I wasn't running. And the 2018? 2018, yeah. I And I just started getting really involved. And um, as that happened, I started to recognize, and people around me started to recognize that I would be a good representative. You know, they're like, you, you know, we, folks started coming to me for advice on what they could do, who they should reach out to. And um, unofficial hype woman, I was, but unofficial mayor, just kidding. I'm not, I'm not the unofficial mayor. I <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just started becoming a person people felt comfortable coming to. And, and I wanted to take that to a new level. And uh, municipal politics brought that to me uh, without, you know, the travel or uh, having to leave home, you know, with a new baby um, in the so, in the provincial. Yeah. You, you yourself professed, and I'm, I'm saying this and I'm using your words here. A political green candidate here, like you don't have experience, you don't, you you kind of didn't follow politics until just more in the last decade, I would like, say. Yeah, last decade, yep. What was it like for you to finally say, okay, I'm going to put my name on the ballot? Because going from a complete 
unknown to politics to running an election and winning your ward. Uh, there was four people running, and you were the top of the four. Another candidate as well became your yeah. count, your ward three councillor partner. Yeah. So how do you do that? That seems like a very weird like change of pace to go from just being someone who doesn't vote to now making decisions that are going to be voted on who are going to affect your neighbors and your family. It's huge. It's huge. And I, I want to add one more thing to that. I'm going to toot, toot my own horn a little bit here, but I'm the first counselor in Sault Ste. Marie history and probably like history. I, I don't I don't know. I don't want to put other municipalities uh, on blast here, but I'm the first counselor in Sioux history to win an election with, I, I did not use any lawn signs. I did my whole campaign via social media and door to door. So it was a big deal, but um, I had a great, I'd made a great name for myself through the business. I was uh, advocating and, you know, fundraising and doing all these things through my business. And um, I think, you know, I became really recognizable uh, and someone folks felt confident, truly. Um, they knew I had the Sioux's best interests at heart. And I think people really wanted to see that, uh, you know, move forward. And so I take that into council every time I go in. Uh, I, I don't, I, I do my best to uh, make sure that I always vote with my head and my heart. I want to make sure that uh, everyone's well represented and that I'm always voting for the growth of Sault Ste. Marie, even if it's something that maybe there's a small group of people that don't like, or, you know, we recently had a development that went through that, uh, you know, in the neighborhood, those folks did not like it and they were in my word, but it was in my opinion, the best thing for the community. And so I went forward with it. And I, I think that people respect that. And um, I'm trying to uh, change politics and not have politics change me. So what do you mean by change politics? What do you want to change about politics, particularly at the uh, the government uh, the municipal level? And I, and I hate quoting him because I feel like I need to pay him like a dollar every time I use his phrase. But Scott Pierce, the president of the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, says that municipalities are the government of proximity. You are the ones on the ground. Yeah. How do you change politics and what do you want to see change in the change in politics so it doesn't change you? I want folks to be able to trust me. I think that there is a big disconnect between, uh, you know, regular Joe, me, who did not vote from 18 to 30, and politicians who historically have been old white men, who people do not see themselves, you know, there's no, there's no representation of yourself in, and, and, um, you know, having folks trust us will bring up, and, and I this is one of my main goals, to bring up voter turnout. Um, we're supposed to represent the masses, but where is the mass when, when we're voting? They don't trust us, right? And so though I am a politician, I am a citizen of Sault Ste. Marie as well. So when I'm making these decisions, I'm making them for myself, for my daughter. Uh, I think of my daughter, and I always say this, when I say my daughter, I mean everyone's kids. Uh, I want these children to be able to call Sault Ste. Marie home and not have issues with affordable housing, um, job creation. You know, I want to develop our waterfront into the 
amazing anomaly that it should be, these types of things. So um, I think that's how you change politics by being honest being true to yourself and being honest with the with the constituency you know folks will call me with an issue and sometimes I have to say hey you're not right this is why you're this is why you're not right. I, I, I laugh because it's so refreshing to hear someone like yourself and I say politician but uh, you are a politician to say you're willing to just combat the issues a little bit yeah yeah and and you know some folks don't like to hear, hey, you're not right, but sometimes you're not right. Sometimes I'm not right, you know, and there's, um, I want to take in information, learn more things, grow, and I think it's important for folks to remember that you can change your mind. I do what I can also on social media to bring municipal politics to a level that I think folks uh, will understand and, and also where, meet them where they're at. Folks are on Instagram. People are on Facebook. People are on on TikTok. I'm a TikToking counselor. Um, I am. I am. And I think in in certain rooms, um, you know, people will look at me funny when I when I mention like an Instagram or uh, social media. But it's the way of the future. I want to go back to a statement there and see if this works. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to, we'll, we'll try and reschedule this to make, make sure it does actually work here because I think my side's coming through. Correct. Yeah. I, on my end, it is not cutting out. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Just the, your audio is stopping from time to time and it's pausing. So that's the only reason that's cutting oh. out. So that's okay. why I'm just making sure that I'm not missing something or if it's on my end, but anyway, let's try and get through this. <laughs> And if yeah. I have to, I'll just cut cut some parts out just to make it better. Um, I want to talk about a statement that you just made a few minutes ago about sort of the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few. You talk about that development that was going on in your community, especially in your ward. How do you balance that? Because you're there to represent everyone, even the people who disagree with you, even the people who may who didn't vote for you hypothetically, but you have to represent everyone. How do you see yourself in that role in ensuring that people can feel like they can come to you, talk to you about their issues, but also get what they need from you as their counselor, whether good, bad, or maybe they're just wrong? In a real sense, we are representing a lot of folks that did not vote for us. Uh, voter turnout at being, a, a, you know, across the province around 25 to 30 percent, you are definitely uh, representing folks that did not vote for you. So um, I always try my best to meet people where they are. Um, if someone requires, you know, a phone call, like I've come out and said phone calls are not my... Um, preferred method of contact. I prefer emails just so it's written out and I can take some time and get back to you. And, um, but you know, we get some elderly folks who maybe don't have access or uh, some, you know, with, I, I have, I have a constituent who likes to meet with me almost monthly because he has hearing issues and it's easier for him uh, in person to discuss things. And so I try and do that. But further than that, I really try to uh, meet people where they are with, with social media. I give updates on uh, our council meetings, on uh, motions that I'm thinking about putting forward. 
um, how they've gone, how I think they should go, how uh, folks can affect those if they want to see it go one way or another, you know, co contact your counselor and, and voice your opinions. I'm trying to get people involved in municipal government because we are the closest proximity to the people and the thing that affects the people the most probably every single day. Is there yeah. an apathetic nature in the Sioux when it comes to politics? Absolutely. I think that uh, folks here are feeling like I had previously that their voice would never be heard. Uh, you know, we have a lot of steel workers here. It's a blue collar town. And uh, many, many people feel like, why should I even bother to go vote? People are going to just do whatever they want anyway. Yeah. But I think it's really important to recognize that there are councillors and MPPs and MPs and politicians everywhere that do take, you know, your comments into consideration. I certainly do. Uh, with the Manitou Park development that had just passed, I probably responded to over 50 emails and not an automated response. It was a real response every single time. And sometimes I'm sure it was a response that a lot of folks did not want to hear that I was going to support the development, but I gave them my reasons why uh, and asked them, you know, are there safety concerns? Is there, you know, can you point out reasons why I shouldn't? And gave them the direction on how to better represent themselves if there were issues that needed to be addressed. And, uh, you know, gave them options as to like, how I can help them through it and things that we can do as far as like municipal infrastructure that could be improved through the project, you know, that kind of thing. You have been in the uh, the office for just under a year now. You're coming up yeah. to your year in October when you were elected in 2022. Yeah. You at, at the beginning of the interview, you talked about the federal issues and the provincial issues that you were approached with prior to the election and not really understanding what issues were municipal and what issues were provincial. Do you still see that today? Do you still uh, is there an understanding in your community? And I've asked this to many different councillors, and it's always the same answer is people just want their politicians whatever level of government to solve the issues that they have they don't care if it's a federal issue provincial issue or municipal issue are you dealing with more uh other levels of government issues than you would have imagined when you first got elected in october of last year absolutely we are i i think it's important though to to recognize that even when issues are federal or provincial there are still like municipal ties in there right folks see us as the ambassador into these things and because they're in our communities people will say you know what are you going to do about the opioid epidemic what are you going to do about wait times in the hospital um you know these massive issues that are plaguing straight across ontario but they are happening in our wards in our cities um and so I just came back from the AMO conference. Um, and it's important for us to have those issues be flagged because now you flag them with us a million times. We want them solved too, right? Um, I, I, as a citizen of the community, but as a counselor who's getting these emails and calls all the time, I'm now able to like better delegate to these you know, ministers that we're getting to meet 
and and better inform them of our issues because people are talking to me that is what i want to see so i think there is like it, it all intertwines it all meshes together um but money is being held back at the federal level from the province and then the province holds money back from the municipality and the truth of the matter is it all gets downloaded onto the municipality at the end of the day you know we're dealing with affordable housing issues folks in our community are unhoused and um attainable housing you know affordable and attainable housing is hard to come by and as much as I can continue to say that's not a municipal problem, it is a municipal problem. It, it's it's everyone's problem. Um, and so I think working together with these other elected officials from from other you know levels of government is the only way that we're going to see this get fixed. How much buy-in do you need from the residents, though, as well, from your community members to sort of help fix this issue? Because you, you're seven people around the council table. Oh, sorry, nine people around the council 11, table. 11. Oh, 11 people around the council table. Sorry, I thought there was only four wards, but I guess not. There's five. So there's 11 people around that council table. You're 11 people who decide the future of your city. But if you don't have buy-in from the residents to actually implement some of the changes you want to see, whether it be social policies, whether it be uh, buy-in from outside uh, groups to actually help out, then the city is going to sort of stale. How do you see your role in as a councillor in trying to bring people together and trying to work as Sault Ste. Marie and not just council versus everyone else, but Sault Ste. Marie for the future. I'm making politics more attainable to folks. I, I, I have heard time and time again, a number of people tell me that they uh, are way more involved in the municipality since I started just from the clips that I post on social media, the way that I, I just continue to hammer it home because I'm like, if you're following me on my counselor Caputo account, you must want to see this. Like there must be something you're I'm doing that you want to see. So, you know, I, I'm I'm hammering this stuff home and I'm reminding folks, we're here. Not only is it me that's here and you're, you know, you're listening to me, call your counselor make them be involved and we have a great council you know I, I'm not saying that we have counselors that are or aren't more involved I mean they're that that's going to happen everywhere but if you feel like your counselor is not involved enough call them ask them ask them about what I'm talking to you about um talk to them about this issue that I brought forward I think that too many things have silently passed um you know, and, and the municipalities around us will say, oh, well, we post our council meetings to YouTube. People aren't watching them. I mean, I am. I am, but a lot of folks are not watching them. And so yeah. to make, uh, you know, as a, a mom, a, a young, a mom to a young child, I don't have four hours to watch a council meeting. So what I do have time for is an Instagram story that's going to give me snippets of what happened throughout the council meeting. And then as a constituent, I can go to that person and say, hey, the one thing you said in there really interested me. Can you inform me better on this issue and how I can help? And I've had a lot of engagement that way. Um, so that is what I'm trying to do. Go ahead. Sorry. 
No, and, and I'm going to ask about sort of the personal life here. Yeah. The personal life of a counselor, because I want to do that because I'm cautious of time here, because I know you're yeah. a busy person and you have meetings and you're currently working. Um, I want to talk about the personal life of a counselor, because you get elected. It is not a full time job, but it is a full time job. You do yeah. not get paid full time, but you are it's not on a the go. Yeah. Exactly. But you yeah. are on 24 seven when you're at your business. You're still counselor. You may be yeah. business owner, Angela, but actually your counselor Caputo. Yeah. How do you balance that and sort of get downtime for yourself? Or have you been able to find that? Or has the job not been as overwhelming as some people have let on in other parts of the country that I've spoken to? I think first and foremost that being a municipal counselor is as busy as you make it. I am very busy. <laughs> I'm always, you know, I'm up in everybody's business. I want to know what's happening throughout the municipality. You know, I want to know uh, everything and I want to try and help everywhere that I can. Um, so I, I'm working a lot uh, with, with, you know, council stuff. That being said, um, I love this stuff, quite honestly. I, I know I'm green. So I'm still in year one. So talk to me four years from now. Maybe my hair won't be red anymore. It'll be more gray. I don't know. Um, but, you know, this is fun to me. And there, um, I've made a lot of really great connections uh, through being a counselor, um, following other women, like newly elected women and uh, and, and, you know, veteran politician women um i've made some really great connections and great friendships so like going to the amo conference i got to do a lot of great work but i also got to network with some uh women that i feel like i've known forever but only got to meet in real life like three days ago and you know making those connections i think has been really important to my sanity uh when i was first elected it, i was finding it difficult to figure out do I work for the municipality or do I work for the people? You know, like, because sometimes those things, those two things do not match. Um, this is my first time in a corporate setting. I've always worked for myself. So this has been different. But uh, making those connections with these women uh, has been tremendous. Working with my mayor, Matthew Shoemaker, 34 years old, I want to say he is. Um, incredible. Like the guy's already done two terms in council and now he's the mayor and I can't wait to see where else he goes. He's so smart. Um, taking, you know, advice from him and, and building, but finding personal time is difficult, uh, especially given that I'm a, a, a mom. I'm kind of locked in my house after 7 p.m. when the baby goes to bed. Um, but Fortunately, I have a lot of friends who like to hear about politics, so uh, I still get to do that, you know, that kind of stuff. My last question on this subject before we turn to the next subject about Sault Ste. Marie as a whole, and it's what advice would you give to any prospective person, woman, male, uh, gender fluid, who is thinking about joining the 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 uh, sort of the municipal realm and putting their name forward? And what advice would you give those people who are thinking about doing what you did and kind of getting off the sidelines and becoming involved and getting elected? 
I would say if you have a passion for it, I think you should do it. Um, after the AMO conference and being able to connect with those women, like I said, there's um, Lindsay Wilson from Ingersoll, Kate Leatherbarrow in Woodstock, um, Allison uh, in, in Chatham-Kent. You know, I, we had Lindsay Koch who asked like this amazing question in the bear pit at the forum. Um, She's on the episode right after you. <laughs> no way. Yep. That's my bestie. Tell her I said hello. Um, I think like if people were driven in the same way that uh, we are, like the whole world would change. The whole, I'm telling you, is like this fire. It's exciting. Politics is cool. I want to teach my daughter all about it. You know, um, I think we need to like take the blanket off people's eyes. You know, the blindfold needs to be gone and and let people in. Um, so if you're willing to do those things, I think you should do it a hundred percent. Um, but be willing to give up a big chunk of, you know, your life and who you are, you become this job. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it's inevitable. So I want to turn to the city as a whole now. And before I ask yes. this question, I'm going to preface it by saying this is a conversation between the councillor and myself. This is not a motion of council. This is not a direction of council. This is her opinion. And I I preface that all the time just because I don't want nasty emails saying this is not what council is talking about. No, this is her opinion. Councillor, in your opinion, uh, what is the biggest issue facing the Sault uh, St. Marie today as of recording this episode? Um, it's definitely not unique to Sault Ste. Marie, but, uh, the opioid, uh, epidemic is really plaguing the Sioux. Uh, statistics that I've seen recently, uh, show, you know, per capita, Sault Ste. Marie is very high, um, on the uh, rates of, of, of opioid related deaths. And, uh, that, you know, has affected our community as a whole in so many other ways. Homelessness, uh, there, there have been ties to, you know, crime, uh, you know, with the, these rates going up. So uh, that is definitely the main issue that I think we would love to tackle, along with probably every other municipality in Ontario. But um, So how it, do you see yourself important. in your role as councillor and working with your council to address that issue? You, you did just come off of your meetings at AMO, the Association of Municipalities of Ontario conference in London in August. This is coming out in September, so I'm just saying in August. So what are you doing to address these issues and sort of put them on the centre stage so that way you can start working to solve the issue. And it's not just a Sault Ste. Marie issue. It's a provincial, federal, it's a residential issue. It's a business issue. So how are you do? what are you doing to make sure everyone is working together to solve the issue of the opioid, opioid crisis, which also has crime issues, which also has homelessness issues as well? I think first and foremost, we need education. I think we need to really educate folks on... Um, who these users and addicts are because they're people they are um people just like you and i this epidemic does not discriminate um it has you know i've lost family members i have lost close uh people close to me in my life to this and um they were folks that had shining like bright futures ahead of them should they have been able to harness that right 
Um, so first and foremost, change the stigma around it. Um, I know that at a municipal level, we are working really diligently to try and get a um, safe consumption site, which is funny because like we need the province to do that and the it, it's all intertwined, right? It, that's, um, but as a municipality, we want to work to make sure that people know that we support a safe consumption site. Uh, we had a motion come forward, I want to say it was in January, to uh, explore the feasibility and, of, of having a safe consumption site. And that motion was passed unanimously by our council. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our mayor really, you know, sends this issue home. He really wants uh, to see a safe consumption site as well. So it's been nice working with um, some progressive folks in, in that in that manner. Um, and we really wanna see this issue tackled uh, moving forward and we will do whatever, whatever needs to be done uh, to make that happen. Safe spaces, safe consumption sites, education for children. We want people to be left out of this epidemic as much as possible, right? Uh, so it's important for kids to know how dangerous this stuff is. And um, yeah, I, I want to turn to a subject that's kind of uh, something I never thought I would be asking a counselor, but I, I did a little bit of research on you before I uh, press record this morning, and I can't believe I'm going to talk about this uh, this country music star, but here we are. You recently brought forward a motion uh, about working with the Dolly Parton Library Foundation for Sault yeah. Ste. Marie, but yeah. here we are. I'm going to ask, what? why is this so important for you? Because I read the uh, newspaper article that you're quoted in and you say getting kids actually educated and wanting to learn and getting free books delivered to kids under five is the most important step i'm paraphrasing here why was yeah. it important for you to bring this motion forward and get your uh city administration to look into working with the dolly parton foundation um the world's going crazy <laughs> and i see places especially I'm going to say it throughout the states that are, um, in my opinion, not giving uh, proper education to children and not only proper education, they are teaching kids that uh, things that are just plainly not true. And so having kids stick to uh, the Internet only for information is just it's it's not the way um dolly parton recognizes that i recognize it um i always knew my path would cross with dolly parton i just didn't know how um so anyway she has generously started this foundation where she pays uh you know for the books and uh the municipality is going to, you know, put the bill basically for like the cost to get them to the kids' houses. I think it's around $3 per kid per book. Um, and this is so important to me because it's regardless of your family income, you are eligible for this. So whether you're high income or low income um, and thinking about a, a child in like a lower income bracket getting 12 books a year sent to them, uh, it's huge and it's huge on like them being able to read these books. There's also like a piece where uh, 
sometimes these parents, you know, it would be difficult to string together a birthday gift or a Christmas gift. There's no saying that when this book arrives, they have to give it to them right away. Perhaps this child's going to get six books for their birthday and six books for Christmas. And what a beautiful gift to be able to give your child the gift to be able to, to, to read and the gift of knowledge. And even if folks can't afford to do that, I want to be able to do everything in my power to ensure that these parents can can give that gift to their children. I appreciate your um, willingness to help out all families and not just a certain subsection of families. So I uh, thank you so much for that. I am cautious of time and I want to turn to my last yeah. subject because it is my favorite one. And it's one that I, I just recently had the pleasure to drive through Sault Ste. Marie. I visited the Roberta Bondard statue down at the pier there. Uh, it is probably one of my favorite stops along the way when I'm driving through uh, Northern Ontario, because once I left Sault Ste. Marie, I had no cell reception. So it was fun. Um, what are some of the tourist destinations that you need to stop at while you're coming through Sault Ste. Marie, Councillor? Uh, and by tourist destinations, I mean the hidden gem. The ones that aren't publicized as much as you think they should be, but you want people to know about. Oh, can I say the breakfast pig? I'm just kidding. I'm just you kidding. did. Hey, <laughs> hey, I should say this. Yes, this is how I met Councillor <laughs> Cabuto. I messaged her on a Thursday night, I think at 11 o'clock. I said, where's the best place to find a breakfast place that's not a certain fast food franchise? And, she and said, well, I shamelessly <laughs> plugged my own. No, it's but, the best. It is the best. Go ahead, tell them. One of the best omelets I've had in my life. So compliments to the chef there. But what are the hidden gems in Sault Ste. Marie? So we are so rich in nature in Sault Ste. Marie. If you like uh, hiking, biking, uh, skiing, any, any of these like outdoor things, you need to get to the Sioux. You can live, work, and play in the Sioux, which is like the number number one thing that we say to draw folks to come and move here. You can work in your office and then take your tie off and go get on your bike and be out on our hub trail in minutes. Minutes. You're, you, you know, if you're working for our municipality, you're right on the waterfront. You're able to do those things. So um, nature lovers, come and see us. We want you. Uh, we also have like a very diverse culture of restaurants here. Um, I think we are putting Sault Ste. Marie on the map, like for, uh, for restaurants and food. Um, we're expanding. We have like Indian food, Thai food, um, Caribbean food, all kinds of things. We've become very known for Italian food and you should totally, you know, get a pizza and have a plate of pasta while you're here. But, um, it's so diverse and I'm so proud of that. And that is only going to expand. Um, I had a resolution uh, come forward and be passed to uh, have a food truck park put, uh, installed in the Sioux. So we're going to be expanding on that. Uh, Bellevue Park, if you have children, you will not find a park like this anywhere else in Ontario. And uh, I actually had a young dad come and tell me that they, he had just moved his family from Vancouver, BC, and they had never seen a park of this magnitude. Uh, and we're actually looking to expand that on uh, a motion from our mayor. We're looking to put in an urban beach at that site as well. 
So we are working, we're working hard and we want you to stop here in the Sioux. Uh, and you can find me if you're looking for me oftentimes at the breakfast pig. So, <laughs> so he has kind of stole my last question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What makes Sioux St. Marie such a unique place to live, work and raise a family counselor? I don't think you'll ever find another city that has a tighter knit community. Um, when, when someone needs something or, the, you know, there is uh, an emergency, people in Sault Ste. Marie gather. There was a lost child. Every person was out with flashlights and, you know, in their rubber boots, dead of the night. Folks didn't care. They wanted to see this young girl come home. I personally had uh, an experience where a friend of mine was uh, suffering. She was, had terminal cancer and um, she wanted to try a sort of innovative treatment that was super expensive. I put together uh, a, a, a gala for her and Sault Ste. Marie answered the call to the tune of $65,000 was taken for her back to treatment. Um, yeah, unfortunately, my, Gail uh, has since passed, but what a night to be able to say, uh, you know, 750 people showed up in this venue and, uh, you know, we asked for black and gold. Gold is the color of childhood cancer. And they showed up in black and gold, black tie affair uh, for this young girl. And I've never seen someone feel more special. You could see the light radiating from her. And it's a night that I'll never forget myself. And it's a huge reason, I think, why I wanted to give so much of myself to the community, because it is a community that has given to me time and time again. Uh, I was not going to cry during interviews, but it's always hard when you mention the C word. Um, yeah. Counselor, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down with me and do this. Um, your passion is, uh, shines brightly, and I think yeah. you can drop the un in the unofficial uh, cheerleader <laughs> for Sault Ste. Marie now because you are the cheerleader. I'm the, for hype, your I'm the hype woman. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And um, this has been really fun. Can't wait for your next visit to the Sioux. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cross Border Interviews. Your continued interest in delving deep into the issues that shape our communities across Canada is both inspiring and essential. Now, as we wrap up, it is my hope that you've gained valuable insights into the intricate world of municipal politics. Now, if you found this dialogue as engaging as I did, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. By subscribing, you're not just staying up to date with the latest conversations, but you're also playing a vital role in supporting our endeavor to bring you more meaningful content. Now, we couldn't embark on this journey without your support. Creating content that sheds light on the issues affecting municipalities requires both dedication and resources. Now, if you believe in our mission and want to help us to continue to grow, please consider visiting our support page conveniently linked in the show notes below or by visiting crossborderinterviews.ca. Every contribution, no matter how big or small, goes a long way in ensuring that we can keep delivering the kind of content you've come to expect from us. Now, once again, thank you for being part of the Cross-Border Interviews community. Your engagement is what fuels our passion for shedding light on the issues that truly matter. Until next time, 
stay informed, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay talking.